Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the supply of the Spirit. Thank you for your anointed me to preach, to teach, and to heal. And we ask, Father, this morning that you open the eyes of our understanding and you enlighten us with your word, that we see your word for its true intent in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we've prayed. All right. So let's do First John again, chapter 5, from verse 1 to 4. So there's someone, there's someone who has a pain on the, on the right thigh, on the right thigh. If you're that person, can you raise up your hand? Let me see. It's been for a while on your right thigh or your right lap. If you don't know what thigh is. Yeah? Is somebody raising up your hand? Okay. All right. So the pain is gone in the name of Jesus. All right. There's someone else with, with the pain on their lower abdomen for a while now. So that too is gone in the name of Jesus. All right. So First John chapter 5. It says, whoever believes that Jesus is Christ is born of God, that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, who begot also loves him, who is begotten of him. It says, by this we know that we love the children of God when we see, when we love God and keep his commandments. As for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. His commandments are not grievous. It says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. And we, we started last month talking about this again. I would refresh our memories. We talked about the vital yeah, realities and the legal realities. And we said the legal realities, um, we had no parts to play in that. That the Lord Jesus just went to the cross by the grace and mercy of God and died. And by that, we were included in that death. And all what we had to do was just to come in and accept the great gospel, the good message of salvation. And then there's a vital aspect or there's a vital part where we have to partake in. So that's where your consecration is needed. That's where your effort is needed. That's where the things you need to do. That's, that's why we're saying, well, there's grace available. But then this grace makes a provision for you to walk. And we see that also in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, you are saved by grace through faith. Yes, that not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. Uh, you are created in Christ Jesus. You are a workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that you should walk in them. So now let's do Romans. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. Romans 8, 1. Are we there? All right. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from sin, from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on the account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, five, that's where we're going. It says, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, then the things of the spirit. Those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on what? On the things of the flesh. And then those who live by the Spirit or according to the Spirit, they set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So what we want to discuss, part of what we want to discuss, is the mind. The mind. The mind of the believer. As a man thinketh, so he is. A man is a product of his thinking, whether consciously or unconsciously, such that if consciously he's not thinking, he's not thinking. Yeah? he's going to produce nothing because the product of his mind praise God is nothing amen so as a man is or as a man thinketh so he is and then in five years we're being told he says for those who live according to the flesh he says there's something they first did is that they set their minds first to the sins of the flesh so they set their affections already. They set their thoughts to the sins of the flesh. 
And so because they've spent a lot of time thinking of things of the flesh, thinking of carnal things. So that means even a believer, a believer, praise God, can be carnal. Amen? Though spiritual, a believer can choose not to think the things of the spirit. And then that's why there's that instruction. There's a possibility the believer has the same life as that of an unbeliever. Having no fruits of the spirit, having no products of the spirit. But, well, maybe he has a name tag. But any believer that understands his true call knows that he is called to please the Lord. Yes, to serve the Lord. And then that's where the battle of sin is because so a person has made up their mind and says, well, I'm not going to do this again. Meanwhile, when we talk about sin, there's, there's just a lot of it. You know, prayerlessness is a sin too. Praise God. Amen. Because you know when we mention sin, your mind just goes to, okay, people's minds goes to many things. Say lying, stealing, cheating, adultery, fornication, you know. But prayerlessness is a sin. And so now there's that struggle to want to please God. And so the believer finds out that there are many things around because he has spent a lot of time while he was an unbeliever or in an unconscious state of the spirit man or his spirit or his regenerated spirit. So now it becomes a battle. But what now we are being told is that set your mind where on the sins of the spirit. So the things of the spirit are having a fruitful walk with God, living a life without sin, is not that difficult as it's thought to be. Praise God. And so some people have even given up. I mean, you just talk with people, they say, well, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. But you see, that language of giving up is a language of the flesh. Because when we're reading 1 John chapter 5, he says, whatsoever believes in God or whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So the current state of the believer is that of an overcomer. Praise God. So the current state of the believer is that of one that has overcome the world and the affections of the world. But there's a chance that he has not matched up with the spirit reality. So now, even that language of defeat that I've given up is a thought of the flesh. That language of defeat that, well, I can't help myself is a thought of the flesh. Because the things you're meant to think on is victory. And if anybody keeps thinking in a defeated or, or keeps himself or themselves in a defeated state, yes, then they are going to be defeated. In Galatians, Apostle Paul was saying that the spirit was against the flesh and the flesh was against the spirit. But again, he teaches that this is how to go about it. He said, set your mind on things above. Get your mind away from the depravity, the, the, the fail or the failures of, of your moral work. Now, if you have those issues, because those, they don't even help. Because in thinking of those things, in thinking of why a believer fell, you know, there's no, there's no help there. Because again, it's thinking in the flesh. So you fell, so what? Praise God. So get up. Yeah? And you know, self-pity. In fact, self-pity is a sin. Praise God. Someone is shocked. Say, oh, I'm so bad. I'm so, no, no. But that's not what God calls you. And I'm not saying people should go on and sin and say, because then they are the extreme. Someone, someone falls into sin and says, I'm the righteousness of God. Well, the, the righteousness of God doesn't behave that way. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we're not saying then you should be happy, yeah? Because godly repentance, I mean, godly sorrow brings repentance. So yes, you, you, a believer that has sinned should feel sorry, should feel, should feel bad for violating God's image. But then he's not to stay in that place and continue thinking of those things they've done. Because if you keep beholding that, 
That's what you're going to continue to do. As a man thinketh, as a man thinketh, so he is. So as a man continues to think of his depravity, as a man continues to think of, 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 of the irregularities in their life, they remain in that place. But then it's a different picture you should focus on. And so that's why when our teacher was teaching us, he says, well, if you want to pray, just, just pray. So don't set your mind on, well, I've not been prayed. You know, it's already passed. You've not prayed. Yes, we know. <laughs> so what next is what matters? What happens next? So someone is saying, well, I've been living in sin. Well, it's not good. I wanted to say that's fine. But that's not fine. Yeah. But so what can you do about it? Now, a particular kind of thought has kept you in that place. So how about you change your thought pattern. Philippians chapter 4. Let's do Philippians chapter 4 from verse 6. It says, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, yes, whatsoever things, have, if they have any virtue in them. Is it, is it 4 verse 8 now? Okay, 8. Alright, let's, let's go to 8. Yeah, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. It says, if there's any virtue and if there's any praiseworthy, anything praiseworthy, he said, meditate on these things. But when this teaching started for believers, you see, the teacher was not unaware that there are issues in the life of the believers. And in fact, that's why they wrote those letters. Because they found issues in the church. And they said, well, we know that you're trying to please God. And at every mistake, at every fall, you're sad about it. But the reason you keep staying there is because you've not focused on something else. The reason you keep staying there is because you're in self-pity. The reason you've kept staying there is because some people do not even forgive themselves. And you see, that's a sense of pride. That's another sin. <laughs> you know, because you see yourself so high. They say, is it me that did that? Yes, it's you. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. It's you. Eh? It's, not, it's not anybody. And it's not the devil. It's you. So what do you do from there? Yeah, you ask for mercy. Praise God. And get out of that place. And because that's what strengthens. Because every time the believer, you know, sometimes people, you count on, on your own strength. You say, I will not. I will not. I will not. Yes. There's that place of self-control and we've dealt with that last week. Yes. Now, so everyone has to make up his mind. And then the self-control is in looking at the word of God. Is in thinking the thoughts of God. And thinking it enough because that's the total thing you should be doing if you will live above sin. Because someone now is saying in their mind, you say, well, I've tried. You're not meant to try. You're just meant to be doing it. <laughs> Praise God. And you know, there's something about principles. You know, principles do not, do not respect emotions. Amen. Like the law of gravity. Whether you're feeling good about it or not, if you jump, you're going to fall down. Praise God. It stays constant. And as believers, we must view the word of God as that. As that principle that stays constant. That if I stay with it, then it will produce the desired results. So it's not something you try and say it doesn't work. Because there's no, there's no prescription in it that says it can work. And it may not work. Praise the name of the Lord. The words of God are sure. And I know as, I, as I'm saying, if someone is saying, am I sure? Yes, I'm sure. And you've just got to put your heart to it. Whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praiseworthy, Anything praiseworthy in these things. He says meditate on this. He says occupy your heart with those things. 
You know, the believer's heart can't be in, in two places. And many times that's the problem with sin. Like, can't, can't there be a time we, we chill? You know, can't there be a, is it just, can we just be spiritual, spiritual, spiritual? Yes. And because that's what God desires. I, I think during the Easter conference, I said, the devil has no problem sharing. Amen. And I made that illustration with, with, with a demon being cast out. And he goes out, looks for his other friends. And when he comes back to that house and is clean and swept, he brings more wicked than him. And then all of them encamp there. You know, but God will not even share his glory with you. <laughs> so only him wants to be there. He won't even share his glory with angels that he created. He won't even share his glory with whoever you claim you love so much. No, it's just him. But the devil is interested in, well, bring many of us. In, the devil is, he even wants to share you with God. And then, those are many things to think about if you, if you look at it. But he's saying, whatever things, you know, I was reading Galatians chapter 5 when now, Apostle Paul, let, let, let's do that. Galatians chapter 5. Are we there? All right, let's start from um, let's start from seven. Now he says, "You ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth?" He says, "This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little living living the whole lump. I have confidence in you, in the Lord. That what? Now you have no other mind. Yeah, praise God." says, but he who troubles you, um, you shall bear his judgment, whoever he is. And I, brethren, I still preach circumcision. Why do I still suffer persecution? The offense of, okay, now, let's jump to 15. 15. He says, I say then, he says, walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, and then the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things you would or the things you wish. Okay, let's let's stop there before before I, I return to the sharing and, and many things. Now he's saying the flesh is lusting against the spirit, and then the spirit is lusting against the flesh. So that means there's a war, there's a battle, there's a battle for for your mind, there's a battle for your mind space. And so for a person, for a human, for a believer, whatever. Um, the, the, the believer's mind is, is incapable of independent thoughts. Praise God. So you're either thinking two things. Spirit or flesh. And that's why the mind is, is, is very important. So it's either the things of God or the things of the flesh. And you, he's saying so that what you want to do, you wouldn't or you can't. So you, you, you can't say this is where I want to go as an original thought. Now you don't have an original thought. And so that's why spirit or flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now even take for example a, new, a newly born child. The child picks the ideas around them. So they see their parents behave in a particular way and they grow up that way. You see now? So, he is not capable of saying, this is how I'll grow up. There's already an existing thought pattern. There's already a line or a way of living. The same way in any society. So, you go to a society and you find out that the people live this kind of way. But you see that it's transgenerational. So, nobody came with an original thought and said, this is how I live. So, whether you like it or not, you're copying something. Praise the name of the Lord. Whether you like it or not, you're following something. So you can't say, well, can't I just be good on my own? No. You have to follow a particular kind of thought. So you have to follow the mind of the spirit and set your affections on the things of the spirit. So let's continue reading now. Seven, um, 18 now. He says, but if you are led by the spirit, he says, you are not under the law. That you are not under sin. You are not under the law of sin and death. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. He says, which are adultery, Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reveries, and 
the like. It says, and so on and so forth. It says, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, I, something, something just came up in my mind when I, was, when I was reading that place. So I, I decided to count them. I'm like, well, to be in the flesh is even more stressful than to be in the spirit. Because it looks like, I mean, just in case. I, and you know, when he ended the, the things of the flesh, he put and so on. <laughs> and so forth. So it's a weight. You know when they say weight of sin? <laughs> Praise God. So it's a lot to fulfill <laughs> if you go work with the flesh. He says, and which things bring shame to you in time past. We read that last week, yeah? So those are the things you want to consider about the works of the flesh. says, is there any gain in this? But again, it starts from where? The mind. What are you setting your heart on? And so you can't be a mix of, of spiritual and, and vibes. There's no balance. Praise God. You know, some people say, where's the balance? Where's the balance? The balance is sin. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. I say, hey, what's the balance? Did, did you see where they were told of the balance? There's no balance in the word of God. So, but you, you, some people are trying to be cool on one side, you know, so they don't see me as, I've always said it. You, you can't, you can't be cool again. Amen. I mean, just in case you have a friend who's not a Christian, you left them at home now and came to church. I mean, they are still sleeping. Someone went to play football. You know, when I first came to this country, I was shocked. I was coming to church and people were going to Tesco. They were, <laughs> they were going to shop in the morning. I said, what? Is that, is that how they do here? <laughs> so you already went because you dressed up. And you're going somewhere. So why not do the full thing? Go full circle. Amen. So he said, these are the works of the flesh and there's no balance between them. Because at every point, either one is trying to get your attention. And if you fall to the other side, you're gone. And you stay there. But he says, set your mind on these things of the spirit. Where there's nothing grievous. God's commandments are not grievous. And like I said, just, just a funny way is to count everything there. But just, just in case. You want to see one is about 18, the other one is about 9. So times 2. And then there's nothing that brings shame about God's commandments there. Because look at it, love. Yeah, who gets, who gets shamed for, for, for loving your neighbor as yourself? Amen. <laughs> because if I say who gets shamed for loving now, some people will say, ah. Say so you want to love somebody and he love you back. No, that's, that's not what we are saying. The love of Christ. Amen. Amen. Who gets shamed for, 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 for having joy? Amen. Amen. And he said, these are the things to think on. Who gets shamed for, for having peace? You know, you don't harm people by having peace. You don't harm yourself by, you're just at peace. It's the peace of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Who gets shamed for long-suffering? I mean, that's perseverance. Praise God. That's temperance. Who gets shamed for that? Who gets troubled for that? But these are the things that the believer must focus their minds on. Nobody has drama for, for faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Praise God. Is there any problem with self-control? I mean, you're just cool. You can, you're disciplined. But again, before the fruits appear, praise God, is in the mind. And that's where the journey is. And so now, when you're not talking about uh, uh, your mind, and when we said you're not capable of independent thought, you're not capable of generating something original, so you just want to focus on things that produce the results that you want to see. Amen. Because whatever you take in from your environment, whatever you take in 
from around you are the things you think on. Praise God. So, for example, you go outside, you see something, and for a while, the thought of what you saw, you know, stays in your mind. You see something else, for a while it stays in your mind. And so you, you want to censor the kind of things you see. Because the things you see are the things you will think about. Remember when we were making the example of, of, a, of a newborn child? So he's seen those things and he continues to repeat them. Why? Because after seeing them, even while the child is not yet able to, to, to act it out, he's seen and he's learning. He's recording, he's thinking of those things. And so, with some time, just with time, you see the child start acting that way. Praise God. So what are we saying? We're saying set your mind on things above. Censor the things you see. Amen. If a believer is going to walk above sin, you must, you must censor the things you see. You must censor the things you talk about. There's no, again, there's no balance. And then you must be strict with it because people, people don't want to be strict with that thing. They say, oh, believers can have fun too. You see, <clears throat> that statement, yeah, who, who divide, defines fun, you know, for the believer? Because again, it's, it's one thing they use for believers. And then, you know, you're trying to ha have fun. And then the fun becomes... <laughs> It becomes funny. I wanted to say that I was keeping myself self-control. <laughs> you see that now? <laughs> Amen. So it, it, it's just a little fun, you know? A little fun. It's just, well, you're, you're doing too much. And you know, we say these things in church, and it happens that because believers are not working circumspectly, not discerning, then they fall into those things. Don't, don't make anybody feel, make you feel, feel bad about your faith. Your faith is, is serious. Your faith is your life. Praise God. And so nobody can make you feel, feel a certain kind of way. Say, well, you don't even, you don't even laugh. See, if, if, if your consecration hmm, takes you not to laugh, if that's what will keep you sane, Praise God. Don't laugh. <laughs> now, because you're already, you're already not laughing, Abby. Hmm? And then someone is saying, but that's what has been keeping you. You know that because you're not just laughing around and playing around you, you know if you, if you, <laughs> you've, you have lost God. <laughs> and then people make you feel, but you know what has been keeping you protected. You know that's your consecration. You know that's what has kept you sane. But someone else comes and says, well, you don't even... No, stay, stay that way. Says, well, you don't go out. No, stay that way because when I go out, I see things. And when I get back home, I'm thinking the things I saw. And if you think the things you saw enough, you'll act them out. You know, I used to have this example some years ago when I was still in the choir. Uh, so, I would go play, I mean, I was playing in two places. So, I played somewhere in the morning where two people that would play this, this saxophone. So, after then, then I would go to church in the evening. And, you know, musicians always have those things that maybe you don't like how one person plays, but you just manage them. Praise God. And he's in church, so. <laughs> we'll be managing. So, I, I, I didn't like how that guy played, but we, we just had to play together. So one day, I was in my own church in the evening. Ha! Then I played something. And I just remembered that this, this guy plays this kind of thing. Well, I never learned it. But because he's always playing that, so I made up my mind, I'm never going to play with this guy again. Because I didn't like that. But over time, and that was not something bad, but over time, staying in that same environment, and so I find myself doing the same thing. You know, during the week, I was listening to a sermon, and then the preacher said something that struck my heart. He says, he says, persistence, persistence is stronger than resistance. Praise God. 
You know when the Bible was telling us to flee? Because if something keeps persisting, eh, it will eventually win. The water wears the stone. You know, so a drop of water on a rock. Over years, what happens? Amen? What happens? It, it cuts through. <laughs> it cuts through. You know, over time you feel the impact. But the stone is strong. Amen. It's a solid material. Or a solid matter. But over time, it creates a hole and passes through. But that's the persistence of that water. And the believer cannot say, well, I'm, the whole thing I'm doing with sin is to resist. Because you're in a world where there's the persistence of the media world. There's the persistence of everything. So from left, right, and center, there's the persistence. And so your own instruction is to run. So where do you run to? You run to a gathering of people that are like you. You know, we, we started last um, week. It was, it was like something. You know, I was reading that place again, and you know how Delilah won something? It was by persisting. You know, the first day, he just told her a lie. Resistance. He said, well, if I said this, it won't happen. Then the next time, he, he lied. Then, you know, something funny happened. The Bible says that, and when she pressed him, he was so vexed. Amen. That's the language King James used. It says he was, he was angry. He couldn't bear it again. Why? Because there was persistence of, because she pressed him the more. And I thought, well, if the Bible said he was so vexed, he should have gotten angry and walked away. Amen. He was so vexed and I said, well, I will just tell you now. <laughs> you see that? And it's the same thing. So, uh, there's been that pressure. There's been that pressure. There's been that pressure. He said, well, I'll just do it so that you see that I can also do it. You, you know? So, I can also have fun. It's not, it's not, it's not anything because I'm, I'm saying, you understand? Have, you, have some of you done that before? Yes. But you know, if there has been the running away, but what you see consistently, persistently, will have effect on you. So we're saying, change your mind to the word. First Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen, I think. First Corinthians is it First Corinthians now? No, Second Corinthians three, eighteen. So now we're saying, yes, change your mind. And I'm, I'm going to tell us some things that help us live above sin. And so when we're talking about the word, yeah, the word, we're not saying the word you read casually. Because the word is medicine to you. Amen. And you know, when, when a person is sick, they don't, they don't play with their, with their meds. They say, well, sometimes I feel like. I'm, and just in case the person's life or the patient's life depends on that, on those pills. You know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm so busy. Because in the afternoon, <laughs> you, you may not be able to get busy again. <laughs> Amen. The chance for business has gone because the person is going to die. So you don't, you don't wake up in the morning and say, well, uh, I, I'm so busy, so I ran away. You know, there's just a lot. You ask some people, you say, why are you not studying the word? You say, well, there's just, there's just so many things. Why are you not praying? They say, oh, the life. Huh. Praise God. So when we're talking about sin, um, 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 the word, yes, we're saying you take it like medicine. So if you have an issue, you know, you just want to take two pills in the morning, two in the afternoon, and two at night. When the Bible says the word is medicine, it's, it's, it's a curative measure. It's to cure something. Uh, Psalms 100 and... Okay, we'll jump back to uh, Corinthians. Psalms, verse 19, verse 7. Psalms 19, verse 7. Now, he says that the law... Now you can say the word of the Lord, yes? The law of the Lord is perfect. Doing what? 
converting the soul. And we made mention of something. We said principles, yeah? So sometimes you may not even know the principle working behind something. So, for example, you, you have um, a gravity, yeah? And acceleration due to gravity. And you know it's constantly what? Ha! These people are smart. 9.8, what? Shabaraba. <laughs> But you know, when you're doing your whole calculation, you, you don't need to know how 9.8 came to be about. You just know you're going to use that. And it's going to give you the desired result. And it's a constant. And so the same is the word of God. So it's a constant. And he's saying here, he doesn't even explain how it converts the soul. He's just saying that, what? The law of the Lord is perfect. And so what do we know about the law of the Lord is that it converts the soul. Is that it changes the mind is that it changes the affections of the person. So you just want to keep taking it. And it's the same thing with, with um, Psalms 119 verse, verse 9. Now he's saying, how will a man's way be perfect before the Lord? Now let's, let's go there. Psalms 109, 19, sorry. 119, 119, verse 9. He says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? Now what? He says, by taking heed according to what? Your word. How shall a young man cleanse his way? How shall a man live without sin? How shall a man live above sin? He says, there's a measure. It's the word. And so if I have issues, I just know that this is the cure, yes? Then I want to focus on it. I want to give it all it takes. And now that's where discipline and self-control comes in. So you know that this is what I'm going to set my heart to. I'll keep looking at it. And that the more I look at it, the more I'm changing to it. That's what we're going to see in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. It says, we all with unveiled faces are beholding as in a mirror. Yeah, the glory of the Lord. And then we are being transformed. Yeah, but we all with unveiled faces beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image. There's a, okay, yeah, uh, this is it. From glory to glory, just as what? By the Spirit of the Lord. But now, who sets himself first to the word? Is the believer. Yeah, who does the changing? But now, it's, it's, it's a, what's it called now? It's a partnership. So now, the believer gets himself with self-discipline or self-control and discipline and knows that, well, this is the cure. He doesn't know how the pills work within him. You know, you, 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 don't, you don't need to know. It says, well, you're taking... Some people, they don't have malaria in their countries. So, but you're taking anti, anti-malaria. They don't have your country. Wow. God has blessed you. <laughs> Jesus, I see the rest of you, Malay. <laughs> malaria, that's why we are brothers and sisters. <laughs> so, now, for people who have malaria in their country, when they take the pills, they don't care where it's going. They don't, you don't care. Amen. You're not trying to read. I mean, I know some people are particular about it. But you just want to get well. And so what you do is to take it consistently and religiously. And so now, but it takes the partnership between you and what? And the pills. So because if you don't take the pills, then the pills won't act. But it takes self-discipline. You know, I take two tablets in the morning. I take two tablets in the afternoon. Take in the evening, and then malaria is gone. If it's not gone, you go back to the hospital. You get more. And so, till it goes. And then, there are other measures to prevent it from coming back. Amen. And so, that's the same thing with the word. Now, there's a curative measure, there's the preventive measure, and there's the... How many things do they have in... They cure, they prevent... Palliative. Nice. What else? But that's the same thing with the word. So he's saying, he says, it's your duty. He says, we all with an unveiled face, or we all with unveiled faces. Now we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So we are beholding the word of God. And then we are being transformed into the same things we see. Amen. The same things we see because as we see them, then something happens to our minds. Our minds begin to think them. You know, you've not just given 
yourself to the word of God enough, you will start thinking in scriptures. Amen. You, you begin to think in scriptures. There are people you meet, they, they even joke in scriptures and he gets, where does he find all these things? What do you think happened? And some are not trying to be spiritual. It's just adding up. Amen. Because what? They've read it enough. So it's like they hear something and then there's a light bulb somewhere. And it just connects. They say, ah, that's why the Bible, in fact, I, there was one guy, I was tired of him. He just says something. He says, that's why that, I said, no. That, <laughs> I just talk normally. <laughs> he said, that's why John was saying this. No, that's not why John was saying it. John said what he was saying. <laughs> but for that particular person, you know he has read it enough. And then that's how we begin to get the expression of the word of God in our lives. Why? Because we face it enough. The word of God works. It produces the desired results. Because that's what it says. It says, well, there's no option because if you take the veil away, amen, and behold the word. If you take the distractions away and behold the word, he says, you will be what? Changed into the same thing. So there's no other option. The, other, the only option is yes. It's, you know those options, is yes or yes. There's no maybe, maybe, no. Is that if you view the same things, you get the same thing. Amen. And so you want to do James, let's, let's do James chapter 1 from 21 to 25. James, is the media helping us? All right, James 121, okay. He says now, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness, what? The implanted word of God which is able to do what? All right, 22 now. But be what doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. 23, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face, what? In the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he, he was. No, let's, let's, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful ear but a doer of the work, he says this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, if we go back to that 24, he says, well, the issue with that guy, yes, that was a forgetful guy is because he beheld and left. Amen. So, because he left, he forgot the manner of man. He was. But if he kept looking, he can't. Because what he's saying is who he should be. And that's the same thing in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 is saying in the word. It says, as we behold, we're becoming. So as we behold, we're seeing who we are. So now we're saying, yes, there's the aspect of prayer. Yes, you can pray about sin issues. And that's all right, but it's not the complete circle. It's not the full circle. There's the part of the word. And when Jesus was living, he said, sanctify them with your word. He says, cleanse them with your word. And there's the washing of, of the believer by the water of the word. Because in, in prayers, there's, there's a chance. There's a chance. Now, I'm saying that carefully. Yeah? There's a chance that maybe you don't even know you should see pictures or build pictures. Yeah? So you can just pray and, and be shooting. You know, maybe there's nothing in your mind. But you know, if you read the word, it gives you a picture. Or it gives you pictures. It, 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 it expands your imagination. So you're thinking, well, so I can be like this. But well, in prayer, maybe you didn't take anything. And maybe you're just even praying religiously. They ask you to pray, then you pray. But if you read the word, you end up being a person of prayer. Because in the word, you see where you're instructed to pray. And then you see the kind of life that you should live. So one of the things I'm saying to us this morning, yes, is one, the things we see. And then the things we think of. Praise God. Uh, there's never a time you're, you're, uh, you want to step down. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Because the things you see, you think. I was saying it last week Sunday. I mean, it sounded like a joke. I said, well, you think, even, let's say, concerning movies. I said it. I said, so, some Christian movies, 
you don't know the plot. You don't know. Ah, you're just watching. You say, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> but I said the same thing for some that are not Christian movies. You also don't know the plot, but you know what people do? They rather watch the circular one. So a movie just starts and then they are shooting each other. What happened? You don't know. <laughs> what? But they're just killing each other. No story, no plot. I, have you watched such movies? But you just like the action. Say so someone jump for a building, jump, 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 then they crash everything. Then they add part two and part three and you watch everything. But then you know a Christian movie, they just act one and you are saying, oh, what are they talking? Is it always about the devil? You better be watching the devil so that you can resist. <laughs> so that you can resist the devil. At least you know that one. But fortunately, you see people, they judge everything there. They say, why are they doing like this? Why are they We watch it. Praise God. I remember when I said that if it's keeping you sane, you stay there. So you don't want to fill your mind with with different things and just to feel mature. One of the things I just remember this, thank you. So one of the things is sin will do is try to isolate you. Now you every believer should be aware of that isolation, yeah? Uh, I mean, some people you get angry with the church and say, Well, the church, you see, it's the devil, praise God. Because we don't we shouldn't get angry in church. If we have issues with people, we should talk about it. Amen. Praise God. Am I talking to believers? If you have issues with people in church, you should talk about it. Yeah, if you talk to the person about it, they don't believe they did that, you report them to a believer. And see, let me tell you something. Uh, because church is a training ground. If they report you, uh, it doesn't mean the person hates you. Praise God. It doesn't mean they are talking about you everywhere. You know there are some people like that. They say they are just talking about me. No, you did something wrong. And even if we talk about... Okay, no. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. <laughs> but really, yeah, if if you it's it's to put you in line. Praise God. So if you have issues with people in church, you talk about it. And then some believers, even when they leave church, they don't go to any other church. They say church hurt. Hmm. All right, I won't talk about that. We'll, we'll, talk about that sometime later yeah but even even if you leave the church yeah don't don't sit in your house i mean at least there are options amen go to another church if they hurt you there go to another church and there's there's many there are many chances that you two are hurting people you you know some people just think they are they are they are the best behaved you know in secondary school they gave that gift most well-behaved students you are the most well-behaved Christian. So everybody's annoying you. Everybody's annoying you. I praise God. But, but we know, we know uh, heart is really. Yeah? People, people step on your toes. But, but you should talk about it. Because many times when there's anger and there's no forgiveness, it's the devil trying to isolate you. Trying to isolate you. And then if the devil succeeds in isolation, then he's gotten that person. Because you've moved away from the company of believers. And so even when you're in the wrong, yes, there's nothing to convict you that, well, you're taking the wrong step. But at least, you know, if you, if you go to church and you have a prayerless life, yeah? So we do, we pray in the morning, we pray when the service opens, and when you see your friend, something tells you, and then the sermon comes, and somehow, something just ignites in you again. And you're like, well, I, I'll just keep praying, I'll try then you're able to talk to someone. But you know, when you're on your own, well, you didn't pray, you didn't see anybody praying. Then maybe you went online, you went to Twitter, and people were telling you how they stopped praying and their lives have been better. I mean, you, you've seen that. You know, if your life was truly better, you, ah, Jesus. You know, you, you see those things now. And so you begin to believe them. But that this is a prized possession, someone Jesus died for. Are you reading nonsense? But why? Because you were cut off from the company of believers. And you know we were warned about that. He says, do not forsake the gathering of the brethren. Because there's a lot to be, to be gotten from the gathering of the brethren. So the same thing happened for David. You know the king. So because normally he was a warrior. 
So one day something happened. He says, Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going. That's why we say there's no, you're not, there's no time for you to step down. You know, you're not stepping, you're on fire constantly. The fire should be kept burning. There's never a day you say, Well, for a while now, I've just been. In fact, stop that talk. You know, some people say it. Say, say, I've been I've been down for a while. Uh, my spiritual life has been down. Well, that's the enemy. And once you just feel that, yeah, you just you just come back up. So now, isolation, because I, I believe he was, if he was at war, he wouldn't have seen a naked woman from his roof. <laughs> Praise God. You're the one front. And even if there was a picture of nakedness in your mind, if a sword is coming, <laughs> I, I do, you're, you're going to die. But in his normal assignment, there was no way for distractions. Do you understand? In the gathering of warriors, it, it was fight. It was battle always. So there was no chance for something else to come in. But immediately he was isolated. Then he was just taking a stroll on his roof. And then he saw a naked woman. He says, get, you know, and he didn't stop at that one. Because now he got another person's wife and killed the husband. But you know how it happened? isolation he was alone and i'm talking about isolation no know what i'm saying because some people say well i can't stay alone if you can't stay alone look for a lady if you're a lady praise god if you're a guy look for a guy someone say hmm <laughs> so that you won't be saying oh myself said if you're isolated look for people i think the, the kind of people i said you should look for you hear me <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> you still amusing some people. Praise God. I pray you hear what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. Open your ears and hear it well. So if you have a problem, don't don't get that's that's when you need people more. That's when you need the church more. And so, once the devil gets you isolated, it's easy to cut you down. Because that was his first major issue. Praise God. Yes, am I correct? That was David's first major issue. So now he killed. And you know what even happened after he killed the man? They came and gave him a parable. And said, someone did this. He said, ah, let's kill that man. He didn't know he was saying, let's kill me. And But that's what sin leads to. The end thereof is death. The end is destruction. But what are we saying? Don't get isolated. Put your mind on the things of God. Set your mind on, on, on things that edify. It's the believer's way. There's no, there's no, you see, you've come fully into it and you've come and you can't go back. Amen. So accept it wholly. Be extreme about it. Praise God. If, if you're a believer, nobody ever accused you of being extreme. I think there's a problem. You know, someone doesn't see you and say, why are you just always going to church? Is that the only place you can go? Yes. It keeps me sane. <laughs> Praise God. Someone says, why every time I come here, you're reading the Bible. Uh -huh. what, what, what else do you want me to read? Praise God. Say, so you don't even watch any other kind of movies? Yes, if that's what keeps you sane. If that's what keeps you thinking right. And the other part of this yeah, yeah, is, to, is to make use of the things you hear. Amen. Because then some people hear and it's a good thing. And I think uh, that's in Luke, yes? Luke chapter what now? Who can look for what I'm... If I catch... <laughs> Luke chapter um, 8, yeah, from, from 11. As I said, I'm looking for something. Luke chapter 8. Let's start from there. That's the parable of what? The sword. It says, now the parable is this. Now this is Jesus explaining the parable to them. He says, the seed is the word of God. He says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. And when the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts. Okay, then the devil comes and takes the word out of their hearts. It says, lest they should believe and be saved. Now, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And then these have no root. They believe for a while, and in 
time of temptation, they fall away. So now that's that's what happens again when when a person is not constantly beholding what he has heard. You know, so there's the joy of the moment. So yes, I got the word today. And then after a while, because you're not consistently looking at the word, then there's an issue. And as it says now, the ones that fell among sons are those who, when they have heard, they go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. It says, but the ones who, the ones that fell on the ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, they keep it and bear fruit with patience. Praise God. They keep it and then they bear fruit with what? With patience. So again, there's, there's never a time where your mind is away. If you, if you catch yourself, if you catch yourself not studying for a while, praise God, the, you're not to gloat over it and be saying, oh, I've not been reading my Bible, then you're sad for another three days or five days. You know, that people do that. And that's pride. Praise God. Amen. It's pride. You've seen yourself so much that... You can never stop, but you stopped. Huh? And now, instead of you to go back, you're saying, oh, I don't believe it's me, it's you. <laughs> Praise God. Can we be on our feet? So, yes, there, there's... I, last week, I mentioned it. So, in church, we're going to do a word quest, yeah? We're going to do a word quest. And it'll be a chapter a day. I mean, that's not, that's not too much. Praise God. And it's just to have some sort of accountability and for to help those who because i know some people are saying hmm, let's do five chapters i know you are very strong then it's not for you but yeah so we just we'll start sending it up from the first of of um june yeah because it, i mean we just started from the new month so we'll continue we'll start from where we are in bible studies so that you can just have that so it's it's a chapter a day and everyone can Everyone can do it. It keeps you in check. And it gives you some sense of accountability that you're doing this with a group of, of believers. Why? Just to live above sin. You've been empowered, but then you need self-discipline. Or, sorry, self-control and discipline. Amen. All right, you just open your mouth and bless the name of the Lord. And say, Father, we thank you. Thank you for all your word. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, you just want to ask also for help and for grace to do the word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We ask for grace to do your will. Lord, we ask for grace to do your will. Constantly doing the word, constantly beholding that the cares of the world will not take you away from the truth of the gospel that the cares of the world will not take you away from that message of salvation in the name of Jesus we ask for grace we ask for strength we'll be strengthened by your spirit in our inner man in the name of Jesus and I just I believe this song is a song of consecration yeah and I just like us to sing
time again. <laughs> 